888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting episode for you today. In today's episode, episode 265, I'm talking about how to grow your email list. Yes, that simple. It's a topic I've covered before, but it's been a while. And if you're blogging, if you're building a blogging business, one of the most important parts of that process is building an email list. With all the social media hype that's happening, where does your email list fit into the picture? Is it still important? The answer, of course, is yes. So we're going to talk about how to set the right foundation, how to get people to opt in, and then how to nurture your subscribers so that they come to know, like, and trust you and your business. I'm even going to share some more advanced strategies for getting for getting uh, your your for building <laughs> your email list. Whether you're just getting started or if you've been doing this for a while, this episode will be helpful to you. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Man, I wrote out an intro that was a little too long for the music. <laughs> I usually get that like right on it. But today was a little different. And it is all good. You know what? We're jumping right into the, to today's content because of my schedule. I got I to gotta take no order to daycare. So let's get right into it. I want to first start talking about social media because, you know, this is a big thing. We're living in 2016 or maybe you're listening to this later than 2016 and there's something beyond social media. But whatever it is. There's a problem with social media. And I'm going to I want to I want to talk about this. I want to tell you what the problem is just in case you aren't aware of it. Now, first of all, let's let's talk about the good part. Social media is a great way for you to get out there. It's a great way for you to reach a new audience. It's a great way for you to engage with your current audience, for them to get to know you, like you, and even trust you. It's a great way for you to market your blog and your business and all that kind of stuff. It really has so many awesome features that come along with with um, with social media. So many benefits. I love social media. One of the reasons I love it is because it's a great way to connect with family and friends. You know, uh, we have family and friends all over the world, from the Caribbean to all over the U.S. to all over Europe. And as a result of that, social media is a, a great way to keep connected to them. But also, it's a great way to share your journey and, and bring people along on that journey. I post vlogs because I love doing that. I love to be able to, 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 to be creative, creative about something and, and put it out there and have it have a positive impact on someone else's life. Now, when it comes to building a business, social media is very helpful. Um, it's actually, it's becoming almost essential if you have a business, whether it's online or offline. 
People want to find out about you. Yes, they're going to go to your website, but they're also going to look on Facebook. They're going to look on Twitter. They're going to look on Pinterest. They're going to look on these different platforms, depending on the person, to see how they can engage with you at a deeper level. It's great. So many people have built successful businesses on the the shoulders of social media. It is a great tool, but there's a problem. The benefit, well, one of the benefits is that it's free. But one of the drawbacks of it being free and you just using one of these platforms is that you don't have any control, unfortunately. I mean, you think you own your Facebook page, right? Well, you know, quite frankly, let's be honest, you don't. Who owns it? Facebook does. And they're allowing you to take advantage of some of the features or the different features of Facebook By giving you this free platform that you can build. But it does not belong to you and you don't control it. I really want you to understand that. This is the reason why so many people complain when Facebook makes a change to the algorithm. And they realize that the content that they normally post, that normally gets seen by so many of their fans in the past, now that's no longer the case. And if they want to reach their fans, they have to pay to play. Now, I don't see anything wrong with that. I think it's Facebook's right. I think because you have a platform where there are over 1.65 billion people, there has to be algorithms in place that can, can make it so that the cream rises to the top and not just that, so that, quite frankly, Facebook can make money for their investors. It's a business. It's their business, and they care about their business. It's responsible of them to care about their business. Now, it's not just Facebook. It's any social media platform. They have to be concerned about their business and growing their business. And if growing their business doesn't necessarily align with you growing your business for free on their platform, that's, not, that's, you know, that's their prerogative. So because of the fact that you don't control these free platforms, this is not a good place to build a business. You don't want to build a house on rented land because when the landowner comes and says, you know what, now I want to build my house, you've got to move. And you can lose an entire platform overnight. I'm spending a significant amount of time on this because I think it's so important. If you are building your business fully on social media, you really got to reevaluate what you're doing. If you're building your business fully on social media, whether that's a YouTube channel, whether that's a, a Facebook page, a Pinterest page, or whatever the case might be, if, if, if one social media platform, I'll, I'll say it another way, if one social media platform is responsible for the majority of your traffic, you should be concerned. All right, now that I've laid that, um, now that I've addressed that elephant in the room, <laughs> let's move on to why you need an email list. And the, the first reason is going to be so obvious based on what I just went on and on about. Because it is something that you own and that you control. No matter what Facebook wants to do, no matter what, 
Twitter or whatever social media platform wants to do. That does not affect your email list. Your email list is your asset, and it's one of the most valuable assets you can have in your business. So number one, because you own it and you control it. And if you're building a business, you want to build it using platforms and resources that you own and you control. It's why we get into business in the first place, right? I got into running my own business because I want to be able to determine what I do. I want to be responsible for my own success. I want to be the one to fire me if I'm not doing a good job. Okay, maybe I won't fire me, but you get the point, right? We all, that if we're starting a business, it's because we're seeking that independence, And we want to build something that can provide value to the world. So you want to own and you want to control it just like Facebook owns Facebook and Twitter owns Twitter and yada, yada, yada. All right? So that's the first reason. But the second reason is even more important, right? When someone subscribes to your email list, they're basically giving you permission to contact them, to reach out to them about a specific topic or something that they're interested in. And this allows you to nurture relationships with them. What do I mean by that? You know, if you sign up to my email list because you want to learn how to build a business with a blog and I start sending you valuable information on how to build a business with a blog or if you signed up for my other blog because you're struggling in your biology classes or your physiology classes, or whatever the case might be, and you sign up and I start sending you stuff that helps you to pass your physiology class, I'm providing you with value, and you're going to come to know, like, and trust me. Whatever your blog is about, if you can get people to subscribe to your email list and then keep in contact with them and provide them with value, they're going to come to know, like, and trust you. So it doesn't matter what industry you are in. You know, when someone visits your website, somebody shares it on Facebook, they visit your website, they read a post and like, oh, that's so great. What do they do? They leave. That's a missed opportunity. But if they come and they subscribe, now you can keep in touch with them. All right. So the next reason has to do with the fact that you can build a tribe of action takers. What do I mean by that? You're providing value with them, and you're getting them to take specific types of action. So, for example, coming back to your site, that is a valuable. Consuming your content, um, and even you know, going to the next step and buying from you. You're, you're building a tribe of action takers by providing value that's nurturing a relationship that, so that they come to know, like, and trust you. And you can also get them to take the kinds of actions that will help your business and help your brand and help your blog and all that good stuff. You provide them with value and you build a tribe of action takers that will come back to your site, that will consume your content, that will ultimately buy from you, at least a certain percentage of them. All right, so these are some of the reasons. There are more reasons, but you get an idea. This is why you need to build an email list. Okay, you're sold on the idea of building an email list. Now, what do you do? 
We're going to spend the rest of this entire episode just talking about the what to do. First, where do you start? Now, if you've been listening to my podcast for a while, if you've gone through my Become a Blogger Coaching Club, if you've um, gone through any of my other training, this is going to be familiar. This is going to be familiar to you. Because the first thing you need to do is, or the first thing you need is to have a clear idea of who you are targeting. I want you to get super duper clear on who you are targeting. So in that, I want you to know who he is, who she is. I'm, I'm not talking about a group of individuals. I'm talking about one person. Who is that person you're trying to, 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 to reach? What is his goal? What is her goal? What are his or her struggles? These are things you want to be very clear on because this is going to determine the type of content that you create. It's going to determine the, the resource that you create to get them to opt in. It's going to determine the, the type of emails you send. It's going to determine everything. You know, if I know, for example, that with my biology blog, I am targeting uh, a, a, a young individual between the age of the ages of 18 and 21 they're at university they're taking a physiology class and they are struggling with their physiology class even though they, they they are very interested in the content they're just having a hard time putting together uh, the, the making sense of the information that the professor is teaching them you know that's significant because I know these things that's gonna determine the kind of content that I send to them. It's going to determine everything. It's going to determine the kind of content I create for my blog. But since we're talking specifically about our email list, this is going to determine everything we do with our email list. So you have to start here. I want you to kind of write a story of who that target person is and act as if that's one person. And describe you know, their goals, their struggles, where they are in life, what, what they're feeling, all of that stuff. I want you to think through that process and be as specific as possible. Now, here's the good thing. You can start with whatever you come up with. And then you can refine it over time. And you can refine it based on the responses that you get from your subscribers or the comments, the feedback that you get from your subscribers. You can go to the extent of doing surveys to give you even more in-depth information about your subscribers and kind of refine that your ideal target person over time. But this is where you want to start. You want to start with knowing, identifying detailed descriptions about who this person is, what they're trying to accomplish, and what struggles they're going to encounter along the way. All right, now that we've covered that, let's now talk about how do you actually get them to subscribe? Let's start with the basic stuff. One of the mistakes that I see a lot of people make, and you know, when I say mistakes, I mean... It can be better. It's not that it is wrong to do it. In some cases, you might start off by just saying, hey, subscribe for updates or for information that's going to be coming to you. You know, that's okay. It's going to get some people to subscribe, but it's not going to be as successful as it could be. Instead, what you need to do is create some kind of resource to help him or her 
accomplish his his or her goal or overcome the struggle that they are facing as they try to reach their goal. So what can you create? I want you to pick one goal. I want you to pick one struggle. And I want you to pick one task that they can do. So I want you to keep it really simple. You don't have to create an elaborate, you know, 10-part course or anything of that sort. Instead, just create a simple resource guide or, you know, a, a list of tools that you use that help you to build your blogging business or a, 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 a list of, a list of um, uh, 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 maybe like flashcards. Is that what you call them? Flashcards? You know, the, the cards that you use in college to start, I mean, to study for like different terms. Maybe you have a set of uh, note cards that they can use to help them study for a specific exam. Maybe you have something else. Maybe it's just a, a, a video that you recorded that's going to show them how to do something. Keep it simple, especially when you're, you're just getting started. And then... You need to have calls to action in different places of your blog. Let's talk about where you can include these forms. Whatever email marketing service you're using will allow you to create forms. And we'll talk about some of the tools that you can use to do all of this stuff in a little while. But there are a number of places that are good places to place these forms. Number one, you can make it, you can put it in the sidebar. Okay, when you come to a blog, there's a sidebar usually on the right, and you want to have it above the folds. So if you go to becomeablogger.com as of the time of this recording, uh, you're going to see that I do have an opt-in form, and in that opt-in form, it's to get you to sign up for my 10-hour blog business blueprint, and I have struggling to build your blogging business. Get my 10-hour blog business blueprint, and you can enter your name and email address and click on subscribe. That is the sidebar above the fold. When I say above the fold, you don't have to scroll down in order to get to that sidebar. Now, I know this is basic information for some of you, but we gotta, I got to cover the basics. And then we're going to go into some more advanced stuff. Okay, so the sidebar above the fold. What about the homepage? On your homepage, you can have an opt-in form or an opt-in opportunity that's that's a, a very prominent one. You go to many sites and you see right at the top, hey, get this free guide. And you can enter your name and email address. So number one, sidebar above the fold. Number two, homepage. Number three, your about page. This is one of the most frequently visited pages on your blog besides your homepage. Someone comes to your blog, they want to know what you're about, they go to the about page. And as you explain to them what you're about, that's a great opportunity to give them the opportunity to subscribe to your email list and get that valuable resource that you created. All right? Then, what about the bottom of your post? Think about this. If someone just read an entire article on your blog, they've demonstrated that they're interested, very interested in that particular content. Once they reach that point, why not give them the opportunity to get more of that kind of valuable content by getting your free resource and signing up to your email list? So the bottom of your post is another great place to put an opt-in form. What about in your content? Now, this is going to be especially valuable when you're dealing with mobile devices. You have a mobile responsive theme. Usually what happens is your sidebar goes all the way to the bottom of the content. Well, if you have an opportunity for them to subscribe in that content, 
that just makes a lot of sense. And as they're consuming that content, if they're reading it and thinking, man, this is good stuff, and they see, hey, he has this valuable resource, they're going to be more likely to actually sign up for that resource. And you can also create a squeeze page. Now, this is going to be a separate page that is specifically for the purpose of getting an opt-in. So there are no other links or other resources. It's here's the value. You want it? Sign up. These are very effective, especially for like sharing on social media and, and doing specific campaigns. Um, having a squeeze page is it's a good asset to have to get people to sign up to your email list. Now, I want to give you a, a few advanced tips when it comes to getting people to subscribe to your email list. Number one, the two-step opt-in. Now, there's evidence that the two-step opt-ins may actually increase your opt-ins, opt-in rates. And I want to explain the psychology behind this because it makes sense. First of all, what is a two-step opt-in? Well, you can come to a post or a page or whatever the case might be, and instead of having a form with your name and email address, there might just be a button or an image or some text that you can click on. And when you click on it, it brings up a pop-up, and that pop-up will give you the ability uh, to enter your name and email address. Now, here's the psychology behind that. Clicking on a link doesn't take a lot of thought. It doesn't take a lot of energy. You know, when I think about, oh, man, I got to give this person my name and email address, that might seem like a bit much. But once I click on it, and that's an easy thing to get, uh, it's, it's relatively, it's easier to get someone to click on something than to enter their name and email address. But here's the thing. Once they've clicked and demonstrated that they are somewhat interested in it, they're going to be more likely to continue to act in a way that's congruent with the action that they just took. What does that mean? Once you start moving in a certain direction, you're going to be more likely to continue in that direction. So once they've demonstrated at least a little bit of interest and you you give them that easy step of demonstrating that interest, they're going to be more likely to follow through. All right, so having a two-step opt-in is a good idea, or at least it's something for you to test and see, hey, does that make a difference in the amount of signups, the the conversion rate, the percentage of people that are signing up to my email list? And if it does, hey, that's a good thing. So that's something you may want to test. Another one that's um, also advanced, even more advanced, is yes, it's good to have a general opt-in. And you know what? I wanted to give a disclaimer at the beginning. The reason I'm doing this episode is because this is such an important topic, yes, but it's something that I'm not doing as well as I know how to do. And I want to hold myself accountable and also share with you some of the things that I want to implement to increase the signups to my email list. And in me sharing that with you, you can learn from that and you can do some of the same things and increase your signups. It's a win-win scenario, right? All right, and then you can kind of see as I make some of these changes that I'm talking about today, uh, uh, you know, how it actually plays out. And of course, I'll be sharing some of that with you guys in the future. Okay, so yes, it's good to have that general opt in, you know, get my free guide on how to pass your biology class or whatever the case might be. But what about having content specific opt ins? Here's what I mean. If I am reading a topic that's specific, if I go to, you come to my biology blog, 
I have a number of different topics. I have physiology. I have anatomy. I have pathophysiology. I have neuroscience. I have different subjects that I cover on that blog. If you're on the an, an anatomy post, you're watching an anatomy video or reading an anatomy article, whatever the case might be, you're more likely interested in anatomy than just general biology. Now, if I have a general biology opt-in, okay, that's good. But if you just consumed content on anatomy because that's the class that you're in, and at the end of that, you see that I have an anatomy guide that I'm giving away for free, you're going to be more likely to get that guide than a general biology guide. Does that make sense? So when you can get to the level of creating content-specific opt-ins, whether it's a category of content. So on all of my anatomy posts, I have an anatomy opt-in. On all of my physiology posts, I have a physiology opt-in, and I do it per category, or I could do it for an individual post. For example, I did a podcast episode on how to set up your blog for Google AMP, and the resource that came along with that was a, a, a PDF guide that I put together to walk you through the steps. That's a, 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 an ind- that's specific to that individual post, and you're going to be more likely to sign up because you're interested in that specific topic. So having content-specific opt-ins is something that you can work towards over time. This is something that I want to work on and do more of. I'm going to start with the categories and then go from there. But that's going to make it more likely that somebody's going to be interested in the content that you're providing them with. The next thing, a light box pop-up. Now, this is something that a lot of people, you know, when you say, hey, put a pop-up on your site, it's kind of like, whoa, why would I do that? They're so annoying. Well, I used to think that too until I put it on my blog and increased my opt-ins by over 500%. When that happened, I was like, you know what? I love me some pop-ups. <laughs> I, lo- I love me some pop-ups because they actually work. The light box pop-ups, what they do, generally speaking, is you're reading a post and it comes up on the screen and it's prominent and everything else is kind of faded out a little bit depending on the settings that you have and the, the, the pop-up that you're using. That focuses the attention on that specific opportunity. Now, some people think it's annoying. However, I can guarantee you if a pop-up comes up and it's very congruent with what they are struggling with or what they are trying to accomplish, they're going to be thankful that they saw that pop-up. So it all depends on the messaging. It all depends on are you on that question. Are you understanding who your ideal target person is? Because if you are, then it would, it's almost like you're doing them an injustice to not make them aware of that thing that you have that could really help them. So you want to use all of those features in a way that reinforces the content that you're creating and reinforcing the idea that this is exactly what they are looking for. Now, I want to share with you some of the settings that I use. I've seen a number of people put pop-ups, but it takes like a minute to show up or maybe 30 seconds. Here's the thing. Most people are on your website for a few seconds and they're gone. So what I do, and this is something you can test out, my pop-up, I have it comes up, I have it come up after seven seconds. And then once they've you know signed up or they've said, you know what, I'm not interested, then they're not gonna see it again for another seven days. 
Those are the settings that I use. Now, another thing that you can do to, to, to eliminate the annoyance factor of someone reading through your content and having this thing pop up in the middle of the, the article and you know have them have to be like, hey, what in the world is this? Is you can use what's called exit intent technology. Now, what that is, is what that is, is <laughs> when someone is reading your content, the pop-up won't come up. But when they go to leave the page, so they move their 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 um their what do you call that thing? When you move your mouse, there's a thing on your screen, whatever it's called, they move that and it goes towards the address bar, then it's gonna come up. So they're finished the content, they're going up to leave, and then it's kind of like, hey, wait, before you leave, you should check out this resource that can really help you out. It's a great deal. I like it. And uh, one more advanced tactic. This is something that I've been using specifically to sell my, to promote my Become a Blogger coaching club. But it's such a great way. One of the secondary things that it's doing is building my email list. And that is conducting webinars. Webinars are great for growing your email list and also for driving sales. But it's a great way to get people to sign up for this event that you're doing. There's a lot of hype that usually is associated with these webinars. People get excited for the content and they can sign up for the webinar and be added to your email list. It's a great deal. So those are some four um, relatively advanced um, uh, 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 tactics that you can use for getting people onto your email list. I want to talk quickly about tools, the tools that I use and the ones that I recommend because some of it has changed. Number one, for my email marketing service, most of you know that I use GetResponse. I love GetResponse because they, they do things a, a bit different. They do things in a way that 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 in my mind, makes it easier for you to create your, especially your follow-up campaigns. It's like they have a drag-and-drop calendar and you can move messages around and say, hey, on day five, I want this. On day 17, I want this message to go out and you can just drag things around. It gives you a nice visual way of doing it. Now, they also have two relatively new things that kind of blows me away. Number one, GetResponse Pro. It gives you the ability to do webinars with GetResponse. Like you're not going for another service, and in some cases it can cost only you know five dollars more than you would normally pay um, to have this webinar feature, whereas some of the other services start at like a hundred dollars. So it's really really cool, and and just recently over the last few weeks they've introduced marketing automation features that makes it similar to something like Infusionsoft, but much easier to understand. <laughs> It is it is pretty cool. In other words, you can get you can segment people based on actions they take. You can tag people in different way and create all kinds of advanced campaigns. This is new um, in GetResponse, and I am just excited about using these features and exploring them even more to to refine my email marketing campaigns. Now I'm gonna have links to all of these in the show notes, but the re- link for GetResponse. And all of these other things is becomeablogger.com slash getresponse. Now, in terms of the resources that I use now for getting people to opt in, I'm using Thrive, a number of, a number of products from Thrive Themes. 
Thrive Themes is a company that makes WordPress themes, but they do it in a way that's optimized for getting people to sign up to your email list. So they have really cool forms that are built into the themes, and you can have like a homepage with a call to action and all those types of things. They're focused on email conversions, email signups. That's Thrive Themes. Now, they have Thrive Leads and Thrive Landing Pages. The Thrive Leads allows you to, it's a plugin that allows you to create opt-in forms, pop-ups, sticky ribbons that stick at the top of the page, two-step opt-ins, and a bunch of other things. Thrive Landing Pages, well, it allows you to create landing pages, squeeze pages, and, and sales pages, and webinar registration pages, all those kinds of things. These are WordPress plugins that Thrive Themes create. So it is becomeablogger.com slash Thrive Themes, becomeablogger.com slash Thrive Leads, and becomeablogger.com slash Thrive Landing. You can find all those links, once again, in the show notes for this episode, becomeablogger.com slash 265. And I'll remind you of that at the end where you can find the show notes and all of the resources. Lastly, lead pages. This is what I've been using for a while. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of migrating over to Thrive Themes because Thrive Themes, you purchase it and you have it and you can use it as much as you want. Lead Pages, you're paying a monthly fee. Now, Lead Pages is cool because it's relatively easy to set up landing pages and so on. Um, it's actually, it's one of the easiest ways I know how to do it. If you just want a template and you want to fill in the template, you can use Lead Pages. But there's another feature that they have that I've used quite effectively um, and some of my clients have been using with tremendous success and that's called lead digits. And this is specifically for like when you're at a live event or something of that sort where you want people to be able to send an SMS, a text message to subscribe to your email list. So it's pretty cool. Becomeablogger.com slash lead pages. So those are the tools I use. Get response, thrive themes, Thrive Leads, Thrive Landing Pages, and Lead Pages. You can check those out. Okay, so we've gotten people to subscribe. Now let's talk about what to do after they subscribe because you want to nurture that relationship, right? How do you nurture that relationship? There are a number of different types of emails that you can send. The first one, of course, when they sign up, you have to send them a welcome email, all right? This is the email. As soon as they subscribe, they get this email. What do you do in this email? The first thing you want to do is deliver on what you promised. I'm going to say that again. First thing you want to do is deliver on what you promised. If you promised that they were going to get a free guide or a video course or whatever the case might be, give it to them. Don't waste time. All right? That's what they sign up for immediately. Hey, Leslie, thank you so much for subscribing. Here's, as promised, here is the free resource guide. And here's the link. And they can go and they can download that resource guide. They can watch that video. They can consume that content, whatever the case might be. So that's the first thing you want to do. Deliver on what you promised. This doesn't have to be a very long email. It can be long. You can test out different lengths depending on your audience and what you're trying to accomplish. The next thing you want to do is set expectations. You want them to understand what they're going to get as a result of being on here. Are you going to be emailing them daily? Are you going to be emailing them weekly? Are you going to be emailing them bi-monthly or monthly? Whatever the case might be, let them know what to expect. That's a very important element of that welcome email. And an, uh, uh, an additional tip, 
one of the things that a lot of email marketers struggle with is being flagged as spam. Now, this is something that we're all going to deal with. When we're doing email marketing campaigns, we will be, sometimes we're just not going to reach their inboxes. But there are things that you can do to increase the likelihood that it actually reaches them. And, that, and, and one tip is get them to whitelist your email. Tell them, hey, add, add me to your safe sender list because then they won't be, they, they won't, your emails won't go to their spam box because that's, that's the place that you never want to be. If you go to their spam box, it's almost as if you never really existed. All right, so get them to whitelist your email. That's a good tip for that first email. Now, what about the follow-up emails, the, the autoresponders? This is where you're going to be providing them with ongoing value. This is where you're going to be sharing tips. You're going to be sharing stories. You're going to be sharing examples of things that they can do to accomplish their goals or overcome their struggles. You're going to be sending them you know, resources that you've created or resources that someone else created or whatever the case might be. Depending on who they are and what they're trying to accomplish, you're going to be providing them with ongoing value. Now, there are many ways to do this. I'm going to tell you uh, an email frame, framework that I've used, that I use, that I think is very effective. And you can try this out, but you can modify it. You can tweak. You can test things out. And that is this. Start with a story. Stories are very powerful for getting a message across. Because people can picture themselves in those situations. When you describe a situation and that person has been in that kind of a situation, they can picture themselves as, as, as being in that situation and it helps them to identify with you even more. So start with a story. Take a lesson out of that story and then give them an example. And that example might be, hey, now that you've, read this story, I mean, you're not saying it this way, but now that they've read the story, they've gotten the lesson, they can go to a blog post that you created or a resource that you created that's an example of how you applied that lesson from the story. So that's a good way to get people, well, number one, to get them back to your site. Number two, to train them to take action when you send them an email because it's not just an email. They have to do something or you're inviting them to do something and that's such an important part of the process. So you can set these up, set these up as autoresponders on specific days, whether it's once a week or whatever the case might be, that's providing them with value on an ongoing basis. This is how they get to know, like, and trust you. So that's our follow-up emails. What about the newsletter broadcasts? Let's talk about those. These are timely messages that you send out at a specific time. So let's say you just posted an awesome podcast episode or an article or a video or whatever the case might be you're doing something specific you want them to let you want to let them know hey this is happening now this is value that's available for you these can be sent out as newsletters or as email broadcasts different services call them different things in get response for example they are called newsletters in Aweber, they're called broadcasts. So I say newsletter broadcasts. <laughs> You're broadcasting your newsletter. All right, so that's another thing that you can take advantage of. If you're doing a specific promotion, if you're, if you're marketing an event, whatever the case might be, you're going live on Facebook or on Periscope, whatever, you can send out these broadcasts. 
Now, I want to give you some final tips to kind of wrap this whole thing together. Tip number one, and this tip, I'm just, I'm just reiterating something. Provide value. With every single piece of content that you send to your email list, always think, always ask yourself this question. Am I providing the recipient with value? If you're not sure about the answer, reevaluate the email. If your answer is no, don't send it. If your answer is absolutely yes, that is the right email to send out. Another tip, when you're scheduling your autoresponders, you have the option to say, I want it to go only on these days or only on this day of the week. Use that wisely. Make sure you're sending out these autoresponder emails on days when you're never doing a broadcast. And you might say, you know what, on Mondays, I want to reserve Mondays for special promotions or for newsletters, for broadcasts. And by doing that, you can say, you know what, my autoresponders are only going out on Fridays. And then you know on Fridays you're not sending out anything else, any special promotions. I mean, sometimes you may do that, but the idea is you want to minimize the the, the the feeling of, oh, man, I just got an email from them and I'm getting another one in the same day. That can be a little annoying, quite frankly. So schedule your autoresponders appropriately. Another tip, segment your list based on interests or specific actions. When someone signs up to your email list, this is going to be a little more advanced. And depending on what service you're using, it might be a little more difficult. But the more customized your messages are, the better. If I sign up for an email list on how to start, how to build a blogging business, and I'm just getting started, but I'm getting really advanced tactics... I'm going to feel like, man, this isn't for me. But if I have the option of being looked at as just a beginner and what I get is beginner resources, that's perfect. If I'm really advanced and I sign up for your email list and you're showing me, you're teaching me what WordPress is, I'm going to be like, you know what, forget this. I know what WordPress is. I mean, I'm way beyond that. So the more you can customize your messages the more you can segment your list based on what they're interested in or what actions they are taking, the more value you're going to provide to them. Because beginners and more advanced individuals, they all have different expectations. So those would be my tips. And that's pretty much it. Let's go to some action, <laughs> some action steps. Man, I'm having all kind of like issues with my audio. <laughs> Anyhow, here are my three action steps. Number one, I want you to evaluate your current email marketing strategy. This is what I'm doing right now. I'm looking at what I'm doing and saying, is this effective? How can I change it to be even more effective? That's number one. Number two, I want you to choose. I don't, I don't want to give you a bunch of tasks. What I want you to do is to choose one area to improve. That may be your opt-in. That may be your follow-up. That may be the way you send your, your, your broadcast. Choose one area for right now. And once you've chosen that one area, number three, I want you to implement one tactic to improve that area. 
Those are the action steps. Now, let's talk about next week because we got some good stuff coming up. Well, actually, first of all, next week I'm heading to the Bahamas, <laughs> which is all good. Oh, oh man, we're excited. The entire family is going to the Bahamas. It's our daughter's first trip. She's a month old, and she's no, maybe she'll be two months by then, almost. And then we're going to the Bahamas. We'll see how she does on the plane. Anyhow, but you're going to be getting episode 266 on how to, how to get clients using Twitter even as a newbie. I'm interviewing my good friend Colin Yearwood. We did the interview already. It's awesome. We're going to talk about how to set yourself up for success on Twitter. We're, we're going to talk about an effective strategy for engaging prospects and some pro tips that will make you stand out from the crowd and make sales. I know you're going to love it because I loved it. So this was episode 265. I hope you got value from it. I know you got value from it, actually. You can visit becomeablogger.com slash 265. And if you missed anything, it'll all be there. If you know someone that can benefit from this episode, share it with them. And if you're trying to get your blog started so that you can create content, inspire others, and even change the world while you build your online business, head on over to freebloggingvideos.com where you get to take my free course that can help you get started. And lastly, if you want to take your business to the next level and be coached by me, join the Become a Blogger Coaching Club at Blogger Coaching Club. You're going to love it. This is Leslie Sama from becomeablogger.com where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care and God bless. Eight 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 three five two four one four.